Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Podcast for what would have been round 10 2020. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain, and joining me is a man who believes that the player restrictions do not go far enough. It is Adam Rosenbachs. Uh, g'day, Michael. Footy is back. We're going to get to that very shortly. We're all excited, we're pumped at it, but the players have to look after themselves and each other if they are going to get this great game back up and running. The AFL has put out a list of things that they said that they can do. So basically, when they go into a hub, there's a few restrictions on them. But these are some of the things that they can do. Now, all I am saying that if I barrack for my club, all I need to know is that my player goes home and goes to bed and goes to the club and does not do one little thing of any any description at all mm-hmm. that takes him outside of that realm, that puts him in the danger of catching COVID-19. I don't want a bar of it. No, no. You know, you've been strong on that from the beginning. I mean, when you were working in the lab in Wuhan, you were very mm. strong. This, this should not get out, okay? We should not let this out. And I said, if it does get out, just make sure you don't put a travel ban on for, <laughs> for months, for weeks, because it's going to be fine. It'll get around. Here's some of the things that the AFL has ticked off, Michael. Mm-hmm. Ticked off and said that they can do. Disgraceful. They said AFL players can go to the supermarket. Oh. I don't want to see, if I'm in fruit and veg, I don't want to see Cade Simpson strolling through there. That's not what I want. I don't want to think that some filthy scumbag has sneezed on a tomato that Simo then picks up, takes home, bang. Season's over. You've been, you've been very strong on that for a long time now. Yeah, exactly. They can go to the pharmacy or seek medical care. Uh, hello, club doctor. Absolutely. You could have, you could, you know what? Go outside the club doctor. Have Stephen Dank come to your house. Yeah, 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 sure. And, uh, and maybe if you want a second opinion, go to the weapon. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to go to the pharmacy. What the fuck does a pharmacist know? They know nothing, Michael. Absolutely nothing. What are they? Hand out Panadol, mate. Maybe don't take, don't take 25 of them in an hour. Okay, got yeah. it. Whatever, Einstein. Okay. Yeah. Oh, mate, I don't have that with, uh, uh, with alcohol. Oh, fuck off, mate. You're not a doctor. <laughs> I don't need you. Uh, they said that they can go for a drive or go to the petrol station. Now, they can go for a drive, yes, but it's from A, house, B, training ground, B, back to A, that is fucking all. That's not going to give you a lot of petrol, okay? And if you do go to the petrol station, you better sanitise your ass off. And I tell you what, what are they going to be lured in by the petrol station for, okay? So there's a lot, mm. of, cho- lot of chocolate, a lot of chips, a lot yeah. of lollies going around at the petrol station. I think it's, it's a bad example, I think. Yeah, it does. Sometimes you can get uh, two Mount Franklins for only $3. Yeah, and they never try and push it on you at all. No, exactly. So it's bargains like that that could, uh, you know, that could lure these people in. The, here's the here's the kicker: you can see someone you're an in you are in an intimate relationship with, e.g., partner that you don't live with, at their house or yours. But then there was a bit of a, you know, murky waters on this one where mm. they were like, if you have a hookup, 
you get a little bit of a booty call, which, you know, you're an AFL player. It may happen from time to time, Michael, even though it's outside wedlock, fucking disgusting, that some of these players, they said you can have a hookup, but don't make it a common thing. So, grey area, what... When is it okay? What's your limit? What? Give us a number, AFL. I want to hear where you go. Oh, mate, he's being arsy. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that meeting mm. when Gil and a bunch of other people were talking about what the pros and you know can and can't do of the hooking yeah. up. Because yep. I think they've said we're not going to ban one night stands. Okay. No, you can't. How can you? But if you're going to be having a series of hookups with various people, that's yeah. when we're going to clamp down. Now. Yeah. How do the black ops <laughs> <laughs> police that shit? And then also, um, I'm, I really want to know, what kind of punishment are you going to get from the tribunal? And also, can we have very detailed evidence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there behind-the-bed vision? Like, how are, we, how, are they, how are they policing that one? That, that would have been a great chat, especially firstly coming from AFL House, where they go, oh, but what about if it's people you work well? Let's not, let's not go there <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, shut, shut up. I can't hear. I can't hear. Yeah. The, 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 zoom, <laughs> yeah. the Zoom is cutting out. I can't hear. Yeah, forget about that one. So they say, yeah. So they say, uh, there are a few places that said, oh, you know, I don't mind. I'm happy. I'm married. And it's like, we go, we go, <laughs> well, that's not really. Um, I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this because there's a lot of news about COVID and like uh, Jack mm. Watts uh, announced his retirement immediately. <laughs> oh, is that right? That is unbelievable. So well, I, th- I actually think they should go the other other way and encourage it. Like if a player reaches a hundred sexual partners. Maybe in 100 days by any chance? Why not? Hundred in a hundred, but when that happens, the crowd runs onto the ground and you know runs, gets around him. Fuck yeah, we're uh, back. They're so hilarious. I, I yeah, I, I think it's one of those rules where they kind of go, we can't really make a ruling on it, so we'll just yeah. give a vague guideline of what you can and can't do. And also, yeah, I mean, if he- heck, how are they going to monitor that kind of stuff? They go, wait well, a second, wait a second. Don't put a hub onto the Gold Coast. I mean, that is the the city of love up there. What are you expecting? You, you've got. You have just had a meal in a restaurant with 19 other people. You've taken your lovely lady, sorry, 18, total of 20. You've taken her to the finest hog's breath in all of the Gold Coast. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, well, you, maybe, it was a spe- maybe it was a birthday, so you got the curly fries. <laughs> Why wouldn't you get the curly fries? It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't need to be a special occasion when there's curly fries around. But if you're up on the Goldie and you're a, a single young man who's very, very fit, you've taken a lady to... The uh, hog's breath, it's going to end in sex. It's, it's just, it, there's no way that it can't not end in sex. You know what I'm saying? For sure. It's the hog's breath. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the restaurant of love, as they call it. For sure. Of course, yeah. I mean, how mm. many friends of ours we've got and, you know, you find out that they've got engaged and you go, mm. huh, I don't even need to know where this <laughs> happened. <laughs> it happened yeah. at a hog's breath cafe. Exactly. I don't need to know that you slid a curly whirly fry <laughs> onto her finger as part of the proposal. That's just standard. We take that as fact. So they're allowed to seek medical care. They're allowed to take kids to school and daycare. Yeah. I find this one, okay, this might be a bit questionable. It says you're allowed to pick up kids from another person's house. Wait a second. Yeah. What's yeah. going what on here, not, AFL? What if, what if they're not yours? <laughs> oh, hang on. We're condoning kidnapping now, are we, AFL? We're, uh, we're at that level. Visit a friend in hospital. You can move house. Uh, I think you're allowed to go to housing inspections as well. Okay. Well, you know they love. They do love a good uh, a good deli with the um dalliance with the property market. Footballers are always. You know, you always see a footballer's place online. Um, you know, you know someone's selling their 
you know, their three-bedroom property in Brighton or Ascot Vale, as yeah, they yeah. tend to do. Yeah. Around, you, you go know, to the vet and you can go to weddings and funerals. Oh, they kind of right? kind of end on a kind of a glum note there, the AFL. Yeah. I would have put that up the top, kind of like, let us work down the list. So, you know, we kind of yeah. don't feel <laughs> so bad by the end of it. We're like, oh, sheesh, oh, funerals, oh, sheesh. But here's what they can't do. You can't go surfing. That's yeah. not that's not fair for the Geelong players. Like and, and what's what's Fifey gonna do? That's the thing. I thought I thought about Fifey. I thought he, he he's gonna be lost without hitting the waves, you know, with a necklace and uh, and then getting on the on the shore and drying off and then chucking on the headphones and tying up yeah. the man bun and then kind of uh. you know, posing very nicely against a very expensive car. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, though. and 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 walking back from the beach with the wetty down to the waist and tied around his waist like that. That's it's part of the it's part of the brand. They're, they're hobbling the great Nat Fife. And I don't think that uh, as an entity, the AFL is allowed to do such things. They're not letting them play golf. Now that is another thing. You're hobbling these guys. You're taking away, excuse the pun, you're taking away their one wood. That's what they love doing. I find that interesting. I mean, look, there are a bunch of golfers, I suppose, in the AFL. I wouldn't say it's the most prolific sport going around for the AFL people. Or would you oh, disagree? I'm going yeah, okay. to beg to okay. differ on that one. I reckon uh, there's a lot of players um, who love Love a hit, mate. They love it. Playing off scratch. Okay, gotcha. Sure. Yeah. The thing I the thing I find most interesting about the kind of doing do you can and can't list yep. is just waiting for the moment when like multiple numbers of players break these rules. Like it's going to happen for sure. Yeah, you would have thought so. Like let any social visitors into your home. So if you're in a shared house and you're a footballer and you got three mates that you're living with that aren't football players, mm-hmm. then those three blokes are going. Oh, so we can't have people over because of you. You fucking you rich fuckhead. Well, I got the feeling from the wording of it, it is that the mates can have people over, but you can't have people over. Is uh, that it, right? It's a bit cloudy wording, okay? Okay, i got to yeah. go into the bylaws of the AFL, but I thought it was a bit yeah, cloudy the wording. And so, if, you know, say if we, you and I were living together, mm. and then you you brought over mates, I'd have to go yeah. out into the backyard or something, just kind of sit there for a while, while you had a good time, and then come back in. Why don't mind that? I mean, even if you're not a footballer, I would still ask you to do that <laughs> if we live together. Like, is that, is that that Michael guy? I go, yeah, fuck, don't worry about it. Don't ignore him. Ignore him. So they that, can't sit down in a cafe for a meal or a coffee. That's a bit brutal, isn't it? Like everyone else, particularly in Victoria, which is uh, the last of sort of the, the football playing states mm-hmm. to have the restrictions sort of eased. And so all their mates who don't play footy are going to cafes, they're going to restaurants again. You're going to the pub to sit down with a meal and you're a footy player going, oh, so i got to fucking stay home, do I? Yeah, sure. So you're sitting out in the curb while your mates go, oh, check out this blueberry muffin. Oh, it's fucking sick, yeah. mate. I fucking love it. They can't take kids to a playground. That's fucking... That's the kids suffering now. And then it's on top of that, they can't go to a picnic. Now, I think this one may not really apply for AFL players. Like, I don't think there's a great deal of picnicking going on in the AFL community. It might be with the parent, the, the, the guys who are dads. Yeah, and you know, go to the park and stuff. But I don't, I don't think too many kind of party boys are going like, "Fuck, man, I can't go to a picnic and have fucking camembert and some <laughs> dry white wine while you know, hang out in the inner city." Oh, you, you, you forgot the quince paste. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe, maybe this this rule might apply more to Melbourne supporters. Ha <laughs> ha, little joke there. Um, but maybe not for a for footballers. Fishing and boating, they can't do that. Mate, you know what? They've they've just targeted Patrick Dangerfield. Well, there's actually a picture of uh, Danger in the Herald Sun article of him holding up a fish. But also, I would imagine, isn't fishing and boating, if you did that by yourself, isn't that a a quite isolating uh, experience? Yeah, well, I don't think there's like 3,000 boats out in the bay next to you or, you know, in the... And and Danger is out out in the ocean proper. 
And I would have thought that that was a totally good thing. And even though, you know, you're going to be at the boat ramp, uh, there's not going to be 40,000 people around you. I, again, agree with you. You're very isolated kind of, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a way for a man to just get his thoughts. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing where maybe they go, if you catch a fish and it's undersized, mm. maybe don't kiss it before you throw it back in. Yeah, like maybe yeah that's that, fair enough. Yeah, maybe bring that rule in. But I Mate, that, like that's how that's how the shit started in the wet markets. Someone pashed a bat, <laughs> <laughs> and then look where we are. So no, that maybe it is fair enough because footballers they have to kiss the fish. They just feel that urge. So maybe we're just stopping something. You know, another COVID twenty from jumping from a fish to danger. We're actually looking out for him. So you can't go to a friend's house for a meal. Okay. Mm. Um, you can. Go to work. You can't go to work at another job no. outside footy. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cushy. No, but what if I'm a, what if I'm a part-time barista? You know, what if I just have something a little bit on? So what about Ben Stratton? Someone has gone, hey, mate, i got uh, 20 people over at a party. Love, to you, yeah, love for you to okay. burn the decks. And he goes, mate, I can't. Yeah, sure, And they're sure. like, we'll put you in a bubble because we don't need to talk to you. You can, you know, have the sound coming outside the bubble. He's like, dude. I'm not allowed to work another job outside football. That's actually probably the forgotten victims of the COVID-19. Hey, all the DJs, the DJs out there in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't talk about the DJs enough, do we? I don't think we do. I yeah. think it's overlooked. And I reckon you just go to Gil, mate. Think of the DJs. Yeah, sure. I actually saw a guy at the front of my building and he um, he, he had fallen on hard times, had a sign saying, we'll spin decks for bucks. And I thought, wow. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad to see so many unemployed DJs at this minute. When they could really, you know, when when party people really need to, <laughs> yeah, to have a perk up, there are no DJs to you know lift them. Oh, I would have no doubt that Marty Matner is in constant contact with Red Foo to see how he's going through COVID nineteen. <laughs> Fuck, man! Again, if I could be a flying wall, I just want to be a flying wall in Red Foo's house during this whole thing. Mm. To see well, how because Marty going. Matner just he did lose his job at Sydney, didn't he? He did, or yeah, Adelaide, yeah. Wherever he was, uh, Adelaide. Adelaide, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I feel like in Adelaide, yeah, yeah he's one of the coaches that's been kind of laid off. Oh, man, that hurts. I'm sure Red Foo's reached out to him. Uh, they can't go to uni in person, uh, which I think not many people would be going to uni at the minute anyway. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I, I think they'd be doing that online. And they can't do volunteering or community work, which I think most AFL players would go, oh, no, oh, I can't do that. Oh. Michael, how dare you? A lot of players, they work soup kitchens and things like that. They actually try and help out. But what about if, say, your community work has been sanctioned by a, uh, a court? Uh, for example, you may have uh, sped or drunk drive at some point in your career and the judge goes, we won't give you a conviction, but you do have to do 240 hours of community work. Does that mean you go, fuck, mate, can't do it? Living life. So if you're an AFL footballer, I would... Uh, 0.07, 0.08, I reckon you're all right. Maybe 35 to 40 k's over the speed limit. That'll get you, you know, community service. Fucking go for it. Yeah, sure. Launder a bit of money, but like make it about 50 grand. Don't go much higher. Yeah, yeah. Don't go over the top. Yeah, just a little, you know. Yeah, steps over the law. Give it a nudge, and also if you don't get caught, then you've laundered 50 grand. You're you're a good little discipline right there. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So the uh, fixture came out today, Adam, for the next four weeks. Yes. So they're only doing it in like four or five week blocks because they're hoping that uh, the restrictions will be eased as we get along so they can maybe not have to have the hubs for as long as we as we do. Going to kick off on Thursday, uh, June 11, Richmond Collingwood, which is the game that people have been talking about for a while, that that was going to kind of be the marquee game to kind of kick everything off again. Yeah, which is great. You actually do want a big blockbuster to kick it all off. 
And then we got uh, Geelong Hawthorne the next night, actually at Grievous Body Lamb Stadium, which I don't think we would have played at for a good 15. I would almost oh. put it at 20 years. I would go easily. I would have thought like maybe the 90s would yeah. have been the last time you would have travelled down down the the old uh, bloody Princess Highway. I reckon you might be right. And I got to tell you, I I mean, we flash back to last September or so when I wrote a letter to Wayne Jackson about Hawthorne's <laughs> draw. Mm. Which is clearly a mental, mentally stable Michael Chamberlain from 1999. <laughs> and I've already penned my letter to Gil because this fucking drawer is a fucking nightmare, a fucking disgrace, yeah. and I will not have it. And they're having it, there's, there's going to be a showdown in the first week back as well. That's right. So that's going to be at Adelaide. So do we know when, like, so I'm look, just looking through Adelaide games here now. So they play the showdown and then they don't play in Adelaide again after that. Yeah. yeah, so then they go into the hub. So the big deal that uh, Koshy and, and Kenny Hinckley were kicking off about, they thought they were going to have to be in hubs a little bit, at least a week longer than, or two weeks longer than they have been. The South Australian government relented a little bit. And so they're allowed to contact train, I think, now. And then they play the showdown in a couple of weeks. And then they'll go in the hub, hopefully for only three weeks is that left in that sort of block. Yep, yep. And so and Koshy, hopefully yeah, there so can be uh, interstate travel. Koshy kicked off last week, I think it was, oh, and he was saying that he didn't want to be happy. in the same hotel as the Adelaide Crows. Uh, so, why would you? Well, I found it actually there was part of it in my head almost had merit by the fact I go, yeah, they are rivals. And then also I thought to myself again, I was like, well, if you're all staying in the same hotel, so I think two teams are in the same hotel. Yeah, I think so. But what's to say that maybe there's an incident in a game and then that comes back to the hotel? I thought, wouldn't it make more sense to put them all in individual areas so they're not around each other? Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't I like it? And even, the, you know, they keep saying, oh, it's a showdown, you know, we hate each other and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, if it was, the, say, the GWS and Footscray in the same hotel after uh, Toby Green smashed the Bont's face mm-hmm. into the ground, if you see him at the buffet, like, there's... Toby Green go up to Bont and just push his face into the scrambled eggs. Just yeah. go, fucking, you want a bit of that, mate? Because I've been involved in games at footy clubs and cricket clubs where it gets a bit heated. Gets a bit heated, yeah. And yeah. you kind of do the aftermatch thing and you don't really want to hang out with them. And you kind of go, oh, I don't want to talk to that bloke over there because, you know, I elbowed him in the face. And, yeah. Know. No, no, no. That, that that sort of thing should be saved for the car park after the game. Yeah, that should be the way When start. they're walking back. Yeah, club lock, back of the head, bang, down they go. But that's where you leave it, Michael. It stays there. So when you get back to the hotel, everything's sorted. Um, but uh, there's a great quote from Koshy here. He's gone, oh, we're so different. Koshy and Lee Matthews are the same. We're so <laughs> different. We eat Balfour's pies and they eat quiche. And you guys drink Chardonnay. Great respect, but nah. No, you're not our type of people, says the fucking financial advisor worth multiple millions of dollars. <laughs> yes, but he has joke books. So that's the that's the fun side of Koshy. Salt of the earth. Yeah, he's making about three mil a year. But no, you know, we eat meat pies. But you see there, he says, you guys drink Chardonnay. Uh, what, are, what are Port fans drinking, Koshy? You don't fucking, you don't put that up there, do you? What are they drinking? They drinking what is it, West End? West End, yeah, yeah you'd I'd, figure. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Or no, would that? Yeah, the, no. Adelaide would be Coopers, wouldn't they? And they'd be West End, the grubby fucking West End. Yeah, no. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah. There's even a bit of talk that we may not get games in Tasmania this year, Adam. Well, how can we, Michael? I mean, it's, it's fucking I, too hard. It, it literally is impossible this year. So what happened was uh, Bluntstone Arena in Hobart is without goalposts for the winter, and as you would imagine. The one thing that cannot travel around the world, as you know, 
a lot of restrictions being put on everyone. But goalposts are the one thing that people have overlooked. It's the it's the goalposts that have suffered the most. This is, so it says here the situation arose because the company that dismantles the sight screen at the ground has been unable to enter Tasmania due to quarantine restrictions. So there's one company in Australia who go, oh, mate, fucking seriously, uh, we don't want to tell you how it's done because it's just it's too complicated and you guys wouldn't understand it. Uh, we're from the mainland. Fuck, we charge a lot. <laughs> do not do not let anyone else down there to dismantle the side screen or put up goalposts. You'll be too dangerous. Yeah, I find it fascinating. And then whoever mm. runs this company, you've fucking done a great job because if you've somehow snagged the contract of every ground around Australia yeah. where you put up a bit of white... And you go, oh, fuck, <laughs> you know, we can't tell you how to do it anymore. <laughs> and then also the idea that it won't be without goalposts. Like, surely, surely, I mean, there are timber fucking mills in Tasmania. Surely someone, and during these tough COVID times, they mm. fling them a few bucks. So, hey, mate, just, you know, shave down a few trees, make us a goalpost. Yeah. Like, surely they oh, can do that in oh, Tasmania. Well, are they all the same height? Oh, have you never seen footy before? Oh, fucking, I don't know how to do it. This company in Victoria, uh, they've got all the heights. We can't work it out. So they say in the meantime. Also, you just like what you were saying. There are other football grounds. Yeah. In Hobart. Yeah, yeah. In Tasmania. Yeah. <laughs> You've got access to other uh, goalposts. I was in Tasmania in about February, February, maybe early March, maybe late Feb. And oh, I remember uh, those times when you could go to Tasmania. Walk past an oval, then I kind of looked over the fence because it was a really cool footy oval, and there were yeah. goalposts there. I was like, okay, they're goalposts. Just, just move them over. Just get in the back of a truck and ship them over to Blundstone. You know what they didn't have, though? They didn't have a sight screen, did they? You couldn't play cricket there. It's the weirdest story I've ever heard in my life. They go, we can't have games there because we have no fucking goalposts. <laughs> but surely, also, like, wait a second. So, when they have the games at Blundstone, yeah. you know, during winter, and they'd have other games at the at Hobart Oval. You would hope so. So, when they take it down for cricket, so what do they do? Do they take the goalposts and, like, throw them in a skip? Like, do they get rid of them? Surely they're stored at the ground. Surely no, somewhere they're, in a they're cupboard. Probably, no, they'd be shipped back to uh, the mainland on the spirit of Tasmania. You can't – that's the one thing they've always said is you cannot trust goalposts in summer around people from Hobart. Like, they will – the things they'll do with them, and they just learn you know, the hard way. They've got to bring them back to the mainland for their own safety. So are they buying, like, new goalposts every year? Like, surely they're pretty durable. You can get about 10 years out of them, surely. Surely. Do you reckon only 10 years? Do you reckon you'd have to buy more than a set of goalposts? Fuck, man, I'm not the the goalpost expert. I mean, clearly this company that fucking (laughs) dismantles sight screens is, you know, it's a technology fucking far further than my knowledge. Yeah, exactly. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) No fucking goalposts. So we do apologise, Tasmanians. You may not get football because of your lack of goalposts. So whether or not you want to... um, I don't know, talk to your government, vote mm. people in, vote people out. Like maybe the government that you've currently got are a bit, you know, a bit relaxed about who provides goalposts for this great state. I think it's tra- it's time for change in Tasmania. And yeah. I tell you what, this does not help their bid for a football team. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> you go, oh, guys, we're giving you a licence to go, fuck, forgot to tell you, Shit. we haven't got any goalposts. Oh, God, that was the main thing we wanted <laughs> in the contract. Yeah, oh, we've fucked it. Hey, How's this uh, today, right? I uh, want to get your get your little get your little thoughts on this, uh, Michael Chamberlain. You're you're a man of the world. Mm-hmm. Very sophisticated. Now, when you when you do a Google search um, and you type in, say, first name, and uh, it gives you eight or so options, that that's an algorithm. Is that correct? 
Uh, look, yeah, go with that. Yep, sure. Okay. And usually it's because people have searched on a certain phrase or something and the, the sort of popular ones pop up first. Yeah, yeah, yeah? sure. I imagine most of your searches are first name Adolf. Would that be right? Well, it's very funny that you actually say that. Oh, really? So, so today, because uh, I'm working on the weekly with Charlie Pickering at the moment, and there was a story about um, Hitler's alligator. Oh, right. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You saw that story? So anyway, the story was that Hitler had an alligator that escaped from the Berlin Zoo in the 40s. And <laughs> that sounds like the start of a poem or a rhyme, you know. Hitler had an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> the UK soldiers found it, gave it to the Russians. It was in a Moscow zoo. It died over the weekend, right? So I, they said, can you just find out if there's anything in the story that we can do on the show? I'm yeah, like, sure. yeah, no worries. So I type in Hitler and A-double-L for start of alligator. The first, no, the second thing that comes up is Hitler, all Australian. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, does that mean that it's, it knows that I love my footy or is that, people have been searching, did Hitler ever get an all Australian jacket? That's a very good question, actually. I mean, we need to look into the archives. I mean, I mean I've never yeah. heard of it. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. No, exactly. You know, there was a period in the 20s and the 30s that he went missing for a little while, perhaps. He oh. came out to Australia and, you know, was a fucking handy back pocket player. You just don't... He's a back pocket plumber. Now, I'm trying to think. My dad would tell me stories when he was a little kid watching footy and he used to say Hitler was a good player, but he said he'd always bomb it. He would just bomb it. <laughs> and... His defences were poor, though. I mean, he was good on the attack early, but fucking hell, he faded late. He, and then he just went to water. Yeah, I'm trying to think of more Hitler jokes that we can do right now. Yeah. So anyway, I was just very bemused the fact that has someone searched on Hitler All Australian? If there's any internet, uh, uh, you know, um, okay people yeah. out there, yeah, yeah. yeah, please let us know. I want to know how this system works because I was just like, surely, like, has someone gotten in an argument? Is it like, how has it happened? I'm fascinated by um, Hitler's footy card. What it would have been. <laughs> But Eva Braun, ah, oh, I mean, she t- she looked a treat on the uh, on the red carpet at the Brownlow yeah. in 1944. The first of the wags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when she got on the yeah. wagon wheel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the rotisserie, mate. The rotisserie. Oh. A Hitler, one vote. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember oh, when wow. he um? Do you remember when he he signed a contract saying that he was going to go with England, and then mm. turned oh. his back on it? What a yeah. dog! What yeah, a filthy absolutely. dog! No, <laughs> he was that kind of bloke. You couldn't trust him. Sniper. You could not. I think we can. I think we can <laughs> safely say, sniper. Low dog, low dog sniper. Hey, have you been watching the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary? I have. Yes, I'm about eight episodes into it, um, and um, I actually reckon there's an even better uh, superstar documentary going on at the minute. Oh yeah. Uh, it's only had two episodes. I think three episodes now. I haven't watched the third one, but uh, the Last Ride. With the Undertaker on the WWE Network, mate, you'd love it. You'd love it. So it's almost like a Last Dance style documentary about the Undertaker. So the thing about uh, Jordan, <laughs> uh, so there's a couple of stories kicking around. Of course, you know when they're on the AFL websites, everyone wants to try and connect it back to AFL. Yeah. But there's this uh, in one particular episode. There's a um, Steve Kerr who was a, a guard, I believe. Um, talked about getting into a fight with Michael Jordan on the court. So Jordan used to really push his teammates. Yep. And this one time, Steve Kerr fought back, punched him in the chest. Jordan hit him in the face. But it comes out 
that uh, former Dockers coach and um, former Melbourne and you know Frio assistant Neil Danaher were there on the day and were sworn to secrecy about the incident. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? So what are we talking about, 97 or so, do you think? Uh, yeah, it would be 97, 98, something around that time. And do we know how they got the invite to go to training? Because that's, so that's they, a pretty big fucking by, deal. Yeah, so they're invited there by Luke Longley. Ah, yep. Yeah, and so they were up in like, um, uh, what they said is like an opera-style box, so like a, a, a box above the court looking down. So they you know, weren't courtside or anything, but they were just watching training unfold. And so they saw the punch-on happen. And uh, so Nisham says there was an incident and then Michael Jordan came over to us and said, you two Aussies, we looked at him and he said, you didn't see anything. So I'm sort of bound by the fact that 22 years ago, he said to me, we didn't see anything. So, so they've kept that story to themselves for 22 years. So Jared Nisham has now come out and told that story. Therefore, yeah. I think that would officially make Jared Nisham a low dog. Yeah, absolutely. He's a snitch. Yeah, Michael Jordan came up and said, you didn't see anything. And he agreed mm. that he did not see anything. And mm, now he's talking now. about the fact that he's seen something. So, yeah, I think I think we can probably pretty much erase Jared Nisham out of football history now, I think. I think that'd be I fair think most people, I think most people have, but now they've got an even better reason. Uh, th- I reckon that would probably be why uh, Frio sacked him I think why all didn't that work. time ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they could see it coming. They just go, God, he fucking talks a lot, this Nation bloke. I don't like it. Did I ever tell you the story? So I may have told this on the pod before, but in 1998, and Jared Nation's gone on to great do great stuff kind of in the development of football and the like in the past you know, yep. two decades. Um, but Hawthorne played Fremantle in 98 and round... 22, I imagine at the time. May have been 23 or 21. I don't know how many games he played that year. Uh, famous for being Jason Dunstall's last game. So, went to the game. They carry off the Chief. And then... Walk that's, that's, a big, that's a big effort in itself. Yeah, and then walk out of the ground. And I think it was there with my brother and maybe another friend. Saw Gerard Nation out the back of the ground getting in a cab. Literally like, you know, 10, 15 minutes after the game. So, that was his final game. He'd been sacked and moved on. They got Damien Drum, I believe. Um, but yeah, we were like, wait a second, is that Jared Nisham getting in a cab? And That's all, weird. Ha, ha, so, what if you've got the team bus out there? Well, I'm not really totally sure. But also, <laughs> considering it's Waverley, and even though yeah. it wouldn't have been a huge crowd, maybe 25,000, maybe 30,000 if you're lucky, because there's Hawthorne yes. Fremantle and we weren't flying, neither were flying, you go... Pretty ambitious to get a cab out of Waverley, too. <laughs> <laughs> but also to call them. It's like, where are you? Um, uh, Waverley. Yeah, you're going to okay, be you want to narrow that down? Yeah, yeah just out the back of the set. Yeah, you'll, you'll see a grown man sobbing. <laughs> but yeah, and no, I literally saw the cab. And I think the only one that compares with that, I think Choco, when he got done for at Port, mm. he had the final game and literally kind of almost, you know, the siren went, went to the rooms. I don't think there was any speech or anything. I think he just walked out and kind of never came back. Yeah, I guess it would be... Well, I suppose you wouldn't take anything extra to the game, would you? you just take yourself. I wonder what happens when you are sacked, like, on the day. Like, they don't really do it at the ground anymore, do they? Like, no. you find out during the week, like Brendan Bolton, and they have the press conference and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. And then, I mean, and obviously, you know, with something like Carlton, like when Bolton got done... Um, they then had to be really careful to kind of make sure that he didn't take all the really, um, you know, important secrets from the club. <laughs> you know, that made makes the club so successful. Like, didn't want to download files before he... Yeah. But also all the, the IP is what you're getting at. But also this era, too, of downloading things and the like. 
uh, with Google Drive, you just pop stuff on that. And so they go, oh, yeah. They go, oh, yeah, we'll lock your email. It's like, I don't care, man. I've got all my files over here. Yeah. I've shared it around. Um, Now, there's another Michael uh, Michael Jordan connection as well. That uh, former uh, Melbourne and Frio ruckman, Jeff White, uh, played golf with Michael Jordan. He's Because Jeff White is mates with Adam Scott, the golfer. And they went out and played, like, I think, you know, a group of six, which I wouldn't want to be following them. And then... (laughs) Jeff White nailed a putt at the at sort of the the last putt, like a fifteen to twenty foot putt, and won Michael Jordan twenty five grand. Wait, so Jeff White won the money? So he won the money for Jordan. So Jordan had bet the other guys that someone would you know only score this much or do a certain thing, and then Jeff White sung, sinks this huge putt, and he said he he spoke to Jordan in January, like they still regularly chat. Yeah, wow, like they're planning a team. Wow, like he um. He like, what would Jordan talk to Jeff White about? He goes, tell us about um, your terrible years at uh, Frio. What, what about was that like? Jeff White, so what about that time when you got kicked in the face <laughs> by <laughs> Stephen, Stephen King? King and then Bomber Thompson <laughs> said that uh, he was actually concerned that Stephen King might have hurt his foot <laughs> of kicking a man in the head. Now, I'm not saying he kicked the man in the head on purpose, but you could, no. if, if, if you want to look it up on YouTube, if you generally go to the clip, you can find it, Stephen King, Jeff White. You can you can literally hear it echo around the MCG, and it's fucking horrific. I think there was a, a neurosurgeon in the um, unbelievably in the members of Melbourne <laughs> <laughs> who ran straight down to either the bench or to the rooms and just said, "I'm like this guy. This is what I do. I need to see him straight away because that noise you said was like a car crash." Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I need to see. Uh, Stephen King straight away because the damage he might have done yeah. <laughs> to the metatarsals. <laughs> I'm also a podiatrist on the side. <laughs> yeah. And once you get all the blood off, I need to see his foot. Oh, dude. Dude. Mm. Anyway, you can check out The Undertaker's uh, doco on uh, WWE Network. And, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll share you my uh, login details, Adam. You can watch it. <laughs> yeah, because I, but I'm very concerned, though, because, I mean, about 20 years ago, I mean, he kidnapped Stephanie McMahon twice, and he's never been brought to justice for that, and he, he should have been brought. Do we have any footballers in real life this week? <laughs> we do, yeah. So we got one here from Sean. Uh, I work at a Kmart in Victoria Gardens shopping centre in Richmond over the past three years. My co-workers and I have spotted a number of AFL players in our store and around the centre. And I reckon you would. I reckon that would be a pretty big hotbed for AFL players by the fact it's a pretty big hotbed for society. Yes, in Melbourne. and there's an Ikea there. So if you've moved into the area, you need to set yourself up. You're going straight there. And if you've done like a... Uh an interview on Nova, you yep. probably stroll over there after the after the interview, or yeah. if you maybe you're uh, having a chat about your favourite uh, easy listening music on Smooth FM. Uh, we've seen people like Tom Lynch, Petrarca, Josh Caddy, Paddy Cripps, and Tom Mitchell, just to name a few. Hmm. I was working on the loading dock at Christmas last year when a, a customer arrived to pick up six flat pack outdoor chairs. I open up the roller doors to a Ford. Ranger parked in the dock, driven by none other than Melbourne legend Gary Lyon. Oh, there you go. Sheesh, now. The great man, Gaz. Here's the question, though. Yeah. Was Gaz hands on the wheel or were they on the wallet? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the big question, isn't it? If you could get a look through the tinted windows, is there a, how many wallets were in the front? <laughs> he looked like he was in a hurry and not in a good mood. Hang so on. <laughs> what? Gary Lyon? 
Not a good. Man. It must have must have got him on a bad day. But actually, I mean, Christmas last year. I mean, SDN might have been done by then, like you know, in terms of his show for the, the summer break. But SDN's down the road from that shopping centre as well, right? Uh, no, not anymore. Oh, okay. SDN's, SDN's in Southbank, so no. So oh. he's he's made a, an actual effort to go to this one. Gee, how Sydney of me to to not yeah, know that. You you wanker. <laughs> He looked like he was in a hurry, not in a good mood, so I avoided talking to him about football and just helped him load the chairs into his ute. He had to sign the pickup doc, so I technically got an autograph. Yeah. Uh, remember the days when people got autographs? Vaguely. Uh, but that is not the only run I've had with the D's player in recent times. A few weeks back, a man looked like a D's player that I could recognise, but not name. Was in the board game aisle, mm. uh, looking at a Gen- Jenga set. Yeah. There you go. He's obviously going into lockdown. Got to have something to play. I imagine, yeah, taking Mr. Scomo's mm. advice. Yeah, to get, yeah. The, uh, b- get the board games going. Because, I mean, Scomo, Scomo fucking having it, hanging out with the family, playing a board game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's be, what he loves, mate. A <laughs> lot, yeah, lot of good times. He's, he's just a low-key dad. <laughs> uh, he asked me if we had any in stock, so I went to look but could not find any. Five minutes later, I found a dozen Jenga sets on a cage yet to be filled, so I grabbed oh. one and went looking to see if he was still there. I found as he was heading to the checkouts, gave him the Jenga set, and he thanked me for the efforts. A Google nice. search of the D's list my break during my break confirmed the customer was mature age Melbourne forward, Mitch Hannon. Oh, there you go. Not every day you, you see Mitch Hannon in public. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny you... Um, yeah, yeah, football is in real life. We have to, to we, we you do a Google search. I mean, I've, I've, done, I've, I've done the same thing though. Like I've seen, football, I've suspected a football in real life and gone, hmm, yeah. I need to look at that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Hey, uh, we are Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail. We are Junk Time Alpha Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you to all the people who've signed up for our Patreon, and uh, and thank you for the people who listen to our watch alongs as well. Adam, we did the uh, the oh Jesus 2013 Geelong Hawthorne prelim. Uh, the other day with Emma raised uh, Declan Fay and Limo, and I imagine you've listened Can to it probably you 17 times. Oh, I, I was saying to you before that a good thing, well, an amusing thing for you guys to do would be to have me watch, listening to that, just a f- camera on me, listening to you fuck sticks fawn over this start of a hat-trick of premierships and just how much I would want to uh, kill you all. It's always good to have fun. <laughs> we can hit the road. Go Hawks! Go Blues!
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 